listening to a Drishti Point podcast. Please visit our website for more inspiring interviews on yoga, spirituality, and wellness. Welcome to Drishti Point, our third in a series of interviews with Lama Sumati Marut. Um, Lama Marut, for those who don't know him, is an ordained Buddhist monk, a former professor of religion, a Sanskrit scholar, and the author of a new book called Spiritual Renegade's Guide to the Good Life, which we talked about the last time you were here, Lama Marut. Welcome back. Thanks, Jenny. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah. Today we wanted to ask you to talk to us about the relationship between the student and the teacher, something that I think a lot of our audience has heard about, uh, certainly during times when those relationships have been difficult, when things have gone wrong. But can you tell us about this ancient practice and its roots and um, where it fits into a spiritual path of a, a practitioner? Well, of course, if you want to learn anything, you have to find a teacher who's, who's going to teach you. It's not just a spiritual, uh, it's not just a spiritual thing to, 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 to find a teacher who can, um, who can lead you, who can guide you into, uh, you know, into the intricacies of what it is that you, you, you have gone to the teacher to learn. This is, um, you know, the teacher-student relationship, you could say, is as old as humankind. Uh, you know, if somebody, like, presumably in the cave, caveman days, you know, somebody was like, okay, here's how you club another, you know, being or something. <laughs> uh, and, and it was passing that along, uh, but uh, you know, in the spiritual life, and, and so in the spiritual life, it's not, it, you know, in in many ways, it's not different. I mean, there 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 are some unique qualities to it that we can go into, but in general, you know, it's it, it, if you want to learn uh, how to play piano, if you want to learn how to run, if you want to learn any kind of skill, you find a teacher who's going to teach you. Who could teach you, and and that means you find somebody who you think knows more about the subject than you do. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the main quality, the main qualification of a teacher is that they know more than you do, and uh, and so you find somebody like that, and uh, and then you go and uh, now please teach me, please teach me what you know. Now you know in a spiritual life, it's the same. Mm -hmm. it, the the difference is that the spiritual teacher is teaching you how to live. They're not just teaching you how to play guitar or you know, how to be a, a broad jumper or something like that. They're teaching you how to live a good life. And so um, so in a way, the decision is, you know, the, the stakes are higher mm -hmm. because, uh, because you know, you, 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 if you get a bad teacher when it comes to, like, how to play a violin, well, the worst that can happen is that you're, you're, you're a bad violin player. But if you find, you know, if you screw it up with a spiritual teacher, you can screw up your whole life. Yeah. So it's extremely important to find a spiritual teacher who that you you can have confidence in, and, uh, and it, it, because you you know you you have confidence that they they know what they're talking about and that they can take you they can take you um, they can take you to a place where you'll be happy where you'll live a happy life, and so I think the main criterion there uh, in, in looking for a spiritual teacher is are they happy. Are they living a happy life? Are, are, are they walking, walking the talk, you know? Are, are, are they exemplars of a, of a, of a happy life? And, uh, and then, uh, you know, and, and that, that, that you can only find out over time. You can only, you know, kind of like get some sense of that by checking them out over time and seeing like, you know, uh, do they remain happy even when things aren't going right? You know, do they remain kind of calm, cool, collected? Uh, do they, do, you know, do they, do they, uh, do they demonstrate, uh, that they have learned something, uh, about what it is that they're teaching, which is, you know, how, how to be happy, how to, how to be content, how to, how to, how to deal with the vicissitudes of life without, you know, falling in a heap. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so that's why it's so important to check the teacher out, especially spiritually. And many, many people don't do a good job of that. Many people, like, they rush to it. They, they get enamored with a spiritual teacher. They get drawn into the charisma. Or, or they just, like, get desperate and they say, oh, you know, all the other kids got one, so i got to get one too, or, you know, whatever. And uh, that's a big mistake. You, you know, you're putting your, you're putting your spiritual real estate in their hands. And uh, so it's very, very important to check them out at, at, the, at the very beginning and to so, sort of have enough confidence that they, they know enough about what it is that they're teaching, how to live a happy life, that they, um, that they can truly teach you. Uh, and then, then the work begins. 
is it important that, that that relationship be an actual interaction or or is it enough to just get the teacher's knowledge, say, from their books or from, you know, the recordings of the interviews they've done or what have you? I mean, do you actually have to interact with the teacher? Well, again, I mean, it kind of depends on what you want to be taught. Uh, if you want to just be taught some intellectual stuff, you can get a book. If you want to be taught, like, you know, if you want to just be taught uh, some ideas, if you want to be taught some doctrines, some practices, you know, theoretical practices, then, uh, yeah, you can just buy a book or, you know, listen to podcasts or, you know, watch watch video on YouTube. Uh, but if you want to learn, um, if you want to learn things deeper, if you want to learn about your own your own being <laughs> and what you need to what you need to to fix and how to fix it, then there's no substitution for a personal interaction personal interaction with a teacher uh, mm-hmm. because it's only in that personal interaction that that you really find out where your buttons are you see that's that's the main thing that you learn you know in a, in that kind of interactive uh, uh, relationship with the teacher is that you learn you learn like you know uh, do you have pride do you have you know envy do you have anger you know they push your buttons hopefully that's what they're kind of meant to do they're meant to show you to reveal to you, you know, something about your own nature that you need to fix. And and also the 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 opposite too, I'd say. They reveal to you your own best nature. They 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 show you, they point they point you to yourself. And uh and really that's all you're learning from the teacher. You're not learning you know, at, at the deeper levels, you know, of learning you know, apart from just like intellectual stuff. What you're learning is about yourself. The teacher is helping you learn your, about yourself. Know thyself, like Socrates said. And, uh, and, and the teacher is helping you do that. They're not, they're not teaching you so much about themselves. They're teaching you about yourself. And, 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 and there's no substitute for a personal interaction if, if, you're, if you're interested in that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, of course, have to be a spiritual teacher that's teaching that either. If, you, if you're learning about yourself through, you know, your interactions with your partner, uh, with your mom and dad, with your children, then, uh, th- in a way, it's functioning in the same kind of, same kind of manner. You're, you're, you know, you're learning the same kind of thing, but it's a little bit more self-conscious mm-hmm. when you kind of take a spiritual teacher and you say, "Teach me." And so, when the spiritual teacher starts teaching you about yourself, you, you know, maybe tend to pay more attention because you've, uh, you know, you've constituted that as a, as a kind of an official relationship official kind of a teaching relationship as opposed to just a, you know, a, a, a interpersonal relationship that you're having with, you know, your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or son or daughter or mother and father. How, how does it work, Lama Marut? Uh, because what I'm wondering is in those other relationships that you've mentioned, there are lots of levels of, of ways that you interact with your parents or, you know, anybody else that you might designate a teacher within your life. But in a formal you know, this is my teacher relationship. Um, how how does that work in terms of the types of interactions um, or the types of I don't know ways in which a teacher actually teaches you? Um, how how does that work? Well, it's, I, again, I don't think it's so much the teacher teaching you. It's what it's what you're learning from the teacher. It's what it's how you've constituted the relationship. So. You know, we constitute the relationship with our spiritual teachers quite differently than we constitute the relationship with our husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, etc. You know, each one of those relationships are constituted in, you know, in, in slightly different manners. So, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's a different kind, you're setting it up to learn different things. You're setting, you're setting yourself up to learn different things by setting, by setting the relationship up, you know, in, in a certain kind of manner. So if you if you've sort of formally taken a spiritual teacher, I mean I think it's important to, to actually do that. To actually say, you know, uh I I've checked you out for, you know, X number of months or years, uh and I believe that you, you know, you you're the teacher for me, you know, uh that you have something to teach me spiritually. Will you please be my spiritual teacher? I think it's important for for a student to see themselves doing that because then they then they sort of formalize the relationship. They formalize uh, in their own minds uh, a particular kind of a relationship with another being, with another human being. 
And so then, uh, then, then, then the the games begin, and 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 then the essence of of work with the spiritual teacher is that you know from from then on everything that they say, everything that they do is is you know is to be taken by the student as a as a spiritual teaching directly and personally to them. And what do I need to learn here about myself? Uh, in, you know in this interaction that I'm having with my spiritual teacher. And so you set, in other words, you set the relationship up, you know, quite differently than you would with a, you know, with a, with a spouse or, or with a child or with a parent or with a friend even. You set it up as a kind of a, a special kind of, of learning situation, a learning, a, a situation in which you are constantly learning about your own nature and about your own personality, about your own problems, about your own, Mental afflictions, and, uh, and 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 that and and that's the nature of it. That's what you're learning. That's what you're trying to learn in any any re- 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 sort of um, uh, in any interaction with your spiritual teacher. So so then a lot of people get confused about that and say, well, maybe I'm supposed to be learning about you know how to how, how to invest my money, or maybe I should be supposed to be learning about you know sexuality, or maybe I'm supposed to be learning about I don't know what else you know, friendship or, you know, psychology or something like that. And, and that's to um, misunderstand the role of a spiritual teacher. They're not, your, they're not your lover. They're not your psychiatrist. They're not your, you know, banker, investment banker. They're your spiritual teacher, and they have a particular role to play. And, and, and to, to, um, to remember that will keep the relationship clean and solid, I say, instead of, like, trying to trying – to, constitute or make the spiritual teacher into something other than he or she really is. It sounds much more complicated than I think you intend when you describe it. Maybe the complication for me is coming in this understanding of um, how you constitute someone, which, which means that everything that every interaction or everything that you see them doing um, is somehow a way for you to reflect on yourself and on 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 and to, to have some kind of self learning. Could you maybe give us an example of a situation or circumstance that you could work with that? Yes, yeah, sure. I mean, there's uh, there's lots of them. I mean, you know, in my own in my own uh, experience with my teacher, you know, what with one of my teachers, uh, one of the you know one of the things I learned really early on was. You know what I needed to learn when when somebody that I had uh, constituted as a guru, as a spiritual teacher, somebody who I brought flowers to and you know formally asked, "Will you please be my teacher?" Somebody who I you know kind of followed around and you know tried to serve in various ways, who completely ignored me. And uh, that was um, those were interesting lessons. Those were interesting personal lessons about pride. And about like thinking that I was special and needed to be treated as special and all of that, and uh, and and that was a very very powerful lesson that was that was granted, you know, in in a completely um, what do you call it in in a, in a very uh, sort of easy way. I mean, there, there wasn't anything done actually. There wasn't anything said. There wasn't any any, any like you know drawings on the blackboard. It was just a simple matter of not being of, of not being paid attention to. And, and and so the you know that was one of the main lessons that I learned especially in the early days working with uh, with this particular teacher, and uh, that was a very important lesson. That was an extremely important lesson for me after you know years and years and years of you know being a professor and being a big shot and being you know like PhD and having books published and you know it was really important to to learn some humility early on in in the interaction with the teacher. So teachers teach like that, you know. If you let them, if you if if you if you learn, you know, if you are learning from your spiritual teacher, oftentimes, you know, the the teaching doesn't have to be very um, doesn't have to like sort of be very uh, articulated or explicit. It can it can be in in very very simple things, in very simple gestures, in very in, in the absence of teaching, you can learn learn a teaching. You see, you know, in the in the absence of having somebody hit you over the head with, you know, you should do this or you should be this or you should like practice this, you can always be learning. But so so the essence, you see, you know, the essence of the guru disciple relationship is that the disciple is teaching themselves through the teacher, 
the disciple is using the teacher, the, the guru, as a mirror. And, uh, and, and it's a very, um, in a way, you could say it's kind of, um, the, the, the guru is just a, um, you know, is just a, it, it, could, it could be anyone. It could have been anyone in a way. There's nothing special about the guru. Uh, the guru is, is special because you've constituted them as special. You said from now on, you're going to mirror. You're going to be my mirror. I'm going to look at you and, and, and watch what you say and do and learn, learn about myself. But there's nothing like inherently privileged, intrinsically privileged about the guru. You know, you, you think that they have some, you know, you obviously have checked them out. You, you obviously think that they know stuff that you need to know and everything. But the, you know, the deeper, uh, the deeper teachings that we're talking about on how to, you know, how to be a different kind of a being. Those you're learning because you constituted this person, this guru, as the mirror. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, it's really, um, it's very interesting. It's just a kind of a trick to, to teach yourself, to teach yourself on what you need to fix, what, what problems you have, what, what, uh, what qualities, good qualities that you have that you should cultivate more because you're seeing those perhaps also in the guru, hopefully. You're seeing good, some good qualities too in the guru. But you're also sort of reflecting on the, on, on the negative qualities that you see in the guru and especially you're reflecting on your own reactions, on your own responses to, to the guru's, uh, speech and the guru's action. And you're saying like, well, what do I need to learn here? What do I need to learn here about myself? And uh, it's just that that's the special specialness of the relationship. It's not it's not a special relationship because of the specialness of the guru, but it's a, it's a special relationship because of the specialness that you constituted in the guru. If you see what I mean, the role that you've given the guru, and uh, and you're learning. Then then it's a auto autodidact. You're your spiritual autodidact. We're all and we all should be that way. We should. You see, this is a, you know this is a really important thing for uh, you know for 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 us all in the especially in the modern West where we don't have a lot of um, you know we don't have a lot of experience anymore with guru yoga. Uh, so you know all these gurus are coming over from other places, and you know now now some Westerners are taking over that role too. But you know we have to take responsibility for our uh, our interactions with our gurus. We cannot feed that responsibility. We're always responsible for our own relationship with our gurus. We're always responsible. We never give that up. Uh, and, and if you do give that up, then you're going to be in trouble. Then you're definitely going to be in trouble. Uh, so, so the, the main thing about guru yoga is to, is to have some maturity about it. The main, the main sort of safe, safety, the, the safe, the, the, the safe practice of guru yoga is to have some, some maturity, some responsibility, and some sort of grown up you know, behavior uh, about it and to not not put yourself into some kind of infantilized, you know, childlike, you know, relationship, but to, to, to say, you know, the, the, the responsibility that I have with my guru is my own and, and I, will, I will teach myself. <laughs> I will teach myself by using the guru as, as the mirror and, uh, and, then, and then, then the guru can do their job. <laughs> the guru can do their job because you've taken responsibility for 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 the relationship, and uh, and without that, then you know you've got you've got the potential for all kinds of problems. It sounds like the guru is almost doing their job in um, impressed by the description you just gave us. It's almost passive. I mean, there's formal teaching, but a lot of it is about. It seems to me, from what you said, about watching your own reactions to their speech and you're watching your own reactions and learning your lessons from your, from that, um, especially the example you gave around, around pride and what happened with your teacher. So is that mean that the, that the, that the teacher is, is passive in some way or how, how is that work in terms of an active role for both, uh, both sides of that? Well, you know, from the point of view of the teacher, so now I'll, you know, I'll take the other, you know, put on the other hat. From the point of view of the teacher, of course, you know, a student has come to you to learn to learn how to live a good life, and you have a responsibility to teach them what you know. Uh, you know, uh, so so it's not it's not passive. You you know you you offer them advices, you offer them courses, you offer them you know teachings, you offer them retreats, you offer them what you 
what you can to help them learn what it is that you know. Uh, but at the same time, you recognize that, that you're a kind of a blank screen for them. You know, the, it's a little bit like um, it's similar to the kind of relationship that a therapist would have to a patient. You know, a therapist, you know, you sort of a traditional Freudian sort of understanding, as, as I understand it, you, you know, kind of recognizes that they're going to be the object of a lot of displacement and, and transference and projection. And uh, they, they accept that as part of their role. They don't, of course, like buy into it, but they recognize that that's going to happen. And so, you know, similarly with a spiritual teacher, you recognize that you're, you're a blank screen. You're, you're, you're an empty slate on which they're going to write all kinds of stuff on you. They're going to project all kinds of stuff on you. And you don't, mm, you, you don't buy into it. You, you don't play that game. You, 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 you don't, um, you don't buy into the projections that they're projecting onto you. And you, you stay like centered. On, on, on what it is that you're supposed to be doing, on your role. And your role is to teach them how to, how to live a good life. Your role is to teach them a, the, the, the principles of, of a spiritual life and, and not to, you know, not to be their daddy or their mommy, not to, not to engage at that level, even when they want you to. <laughs> and even when they're de demanding it, you know, you, you refuse. And then some, you know, and, and then they maybe get angry at you and have like a tantrum and, you know, all this kind of like drama. And there can be plenty of drama. Uh, but from the teacher's point of view, the, 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 the goal, the ideal is to stay, you know, to stay above that, to stay apart from that and to realize that, you know, that you're just a, you're just an object of, uh, of transference for them. And, and to, to, to factor that into the relationship, to, to factor it in that, that, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be this kind of, uh, this kind of drama. And, and, and that's the, and that's the, the process that the student's process and, and the student maybe has to go through that process, but it's not your job as a spiritual teacher to, you know, kind of engage in that process or to play some kind of role in it or something like that. You, you, you just, you teach the spiritual things. You teach them spiritual things. You teach them forgiveness. You teach them gratitude. You teach them how to live a good life. You teach them how to, how to live a moral life. You teach them how to meditate. You teach them, you know, the nature of reality. You teach them those things. You don't, you, you don't engage in the, in the kind of um, spheres that are not appropriate for the, for the spiritual teacher. The economic sphere, the romantic sphere, psychological sphere, these are, these are not appropriate spheres for a spiritual teacher to engage in. The spiritual teacher has one sphere. And this is another sort of important thing. The student, a student, you know, an intelligent student, a, a, a mature, responsible, grown-up student should recognize that the spiritual teacher doesn't know everything about everything. They know, they know important things about, a, you know, how to live a good life, how to, how to live a spiritual life, how to live a life of happiness. But they don't know, um, you know, they don't know how to, how to play the stock market. They don't know how to, you know, how, how, how to, uh, you know, how to do, how to, you know, change a tire even maybe, or how to fix a car. They don't know. There's a whole lot that a teacher doesn't know. And to, uh, and to idealize the spiritual teacher as being some kind of omniscient being that they know, they know everything sort of automatically because they're a spiritual teacher is also another way to uh, set them up to fail and to set yourself up to be disappointed. And some, in some cases, if the spiritual teacher's not, you know, not uh, kind of self-possessed to, to set the spiritual teacher up to believe in their own, in that, in that mythology that they're somehow like special, you know, supernatural beings, omniscient or something like that. A spiritual teacher knows some stuff about how to live a good life. And that's what they know. They don't, they don't, they don't know how to, how, how to fix Volkswagens. They don't know how to, you know, what, what investments to, you know, to, to invest in. You know, they don't, don't know a lot of stuff. And it's not, and it's, and it's not their job to know all that stuff. <laughs> It's, it's the job of a spiritual teacher to know how to be, how to live a happy life, how to live a life of, um, you know, a, 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 a rewarding, happy, mature, uh, you know, good ethical life. That's what that that's their job. And uh, and so a lot of a lot of what has gone wrong, I think, you know, in the relationship between 
the guru and teacher, the guru and, the, and disciple in the modern West is that the students have had unrealistic expectations. And in some cases, the gurus have bought into the, into the myth that was foisted upon them, that, that they were so, sort of like, you know, supernatural deities or something like that, 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 they, were, that, that they were infallible or, or that they were omniscient or something like that. And, uh, gosh, that would be a big mistake. <laughs> that would be a big mistake to buy into a myth like that for a, for a teacher. And, uh, and it's a mistake for a student to, to foist that upon a teacher, too. It's, it's unrealistic. And, and not and not grown up behavior, See, not not uh, not taking responsibility for for your own for your own relationship with the teacher. Just say, oh, they're just omniscient, so I just do whatever they tell me to, or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does it does seem to be a part of the the teachings, at least that I've heard, that um, one is supposed to see the teacher as uh, some kind of realized being. Um, can you just distinguish what you mean um, about not foisting that, um, you know, that projection onto them, and at the same time um, being able to uh, see their what they're teaching you spiritually as a as a high teaching? Well, I'd say two things about that. You know, nowadays I'm quite um, I'm quite adamant that a lot of the the supernaturalism and 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 mythology and surrealism of, you know, traditional Asian religions has got to be abandoned in the modern Western context. It's just not appropriate for us. It doesn't work for us. It's not, and it's not really the highest teaching of those traditions to, uh, to imagine that there are, you know, like supernatural beings walking around and flying around and rainbow bodies and people walking through walls and people who are omniscient. Uh, the highest teaching, as far as I can tell, uh, in, 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 it, it, that you will find in virtually every uh, authentic spiritual tradition is to learn how to be content with reality as it is, to to learn how to embrace reality, not to escape from it, or to or to you know substitute one fantasy for another. So given that, um, you know, then the whole understanding of the guru, I think, has to has to adjust, and uh, and it's not that so so the idea that the guru is some sort of supernatural being. Uh, some kind of like, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, non-human being, uh, I think is a mistake. To, to see the, to see the guru as, as entirely human means also that they, they, they make mistakes, that they, they don't know everything, and, and all of that at the same time. So, so here's the trick, okay? So, so with that kind of like more realistic, and, and I think grown-up understanding of the guru as as a human being, not as a not as a supernatural being, then can we still see the guru as being a teacher? Hmm. Uh, you, you know, no matter what they say or do, including their mistakes, can we learn from the teacher's mistakes? <laughs> and if we're learning from the teacher's mistakes, then we're we still got a guru. You see, they're still teaching us. But they're teaching us through mistakes. And then you could go like one step further and say, and I don't know that the mistake wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the mistake wasn't an intentional thing for me, for me as a kind of a display for me to learn something about. But to say, oh, somehow that wasn't a mistake, you, you know, that, that I think is to, you know, kind of check your brains out at the door. You know, to say, oh, the, the teacher never makes mistakes at that level. So it's kind of like tricky. You could say, you could say, you know, you could say that a teacher never makes, you could say that your guru never makes mistakes even when they're making mistakes. You see what I mean? It's very tricky. Your guru's not making a mistake by making a mistake that, that forces you to think about what the mistake was and how to learn from it. <laughs> That's very tricky indeed. Um, but it sounds like you are suggesting that this is the only way it's going to work in the modern world. I'm, 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 I'm convinced of it. I'm, I'm not, not even suggesting it. I'm totally convinced of it. The other way has, has been tried and has failed repeatedly over and over and over again. And uh, there's no, you know, it's, it's a kind of a definition of insanity to keep trying the same thing when you keep getting the same results. To, to, set, to set the guru up in any other way than, than the way I just said is to, is to set them up to fail and to set yourself up for huge disappointments. So... So it's not that subtle, I don't think, Shetty. And we're and we're 
you know, we're the kind of practitioners, educated, you know, sophisticated, cosmopolitan, grown-up, mature, that could actually pull this off when it comes to a guru. Without, without denying that you're, they're your teacher, to see even their mistakes as teachings, see? Then you're not denying them as your teacher. But, but you're, and you're also like kind of keeping, you know, you're keeping agnostic about, you know, about, about other people's intentions and other, other people's sort of mindsets that you can't actually know. We don't know who other people are. You know, uh, we know what they do. We, we know what they do and we can judge what they do. But we don't know who they are. So in a way you can sort of maintain the idea that this special person in my life, you know, is, is, it has as his or her role to teach me no matter what they say or what they do. That's their role. And, and to sort of just assume, since you don't know what their intentions are, to assume that that, that is their intention. You see, you could, you could assume that their intention is, you know, is, is, is a, you know, is, is, is just a regular human being like me? They're just a, you know, people, person who, you know, from the, who, who kind of like are sort of stumbling along in life. You can assume that. Or you can assume, no, everything that they do is a setup. Everything that they do is a setup for me to figure out, including the obvious errors that, that they're making in, 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 in speech and, and in action even. And, and so what can I learn from them? And if you're learning, see, if you're learning from the guru, if you're learning even through their errors, even through their errors of speech and, and, and action, then they're, they're still your guru. <laughs> they're functioning as your guru because you're learning from them. That's the, that, that's, the, uh, that's the essence of it. But to say, oh, you know, they made a mistake and they didn't know what they were doing and, you know, and, and all of that, well, then you don't have a guru anymore. Then you have, a, then you have somebody who's just like you, who's like, you know, kind of, you know, hobbling along, stumbling along through life, not knowing what they're doing. <laughs> so where does the concept that I often hear associated with um, in what you're saying, where does the concept of surrender, uh, and this, you know, you often hear you have to, you know, part of the practice of guru yoga is learning how to surrender to someone. How does that work with this modern way of, of uh, that you're that you're convinced will work in in guru yoga practice? Well, I didn't say I'm convinced it will work. I'm just I'm saying that I'm convinced that the other way won't work. This way, this way could work, I think, but it's going to require a lot more responsibility on the part of the student. This way of 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 understanding the role of the guru, and uh, and so what you're surrendering to is you're surrendering to the to to the role. You're surrendering to to a role that you have constituted, you have given to uh, to another to another being, to another human being, to say you are now my spiritual teacher. You are. Everything that you do, everything that you say is, is, is going to be a lesson for me. I, I, I am just going to assume that. I'm going to, I'm going to work with you uh, assuming that. And, uh, and that's, that's the student's responsibility. The student has empowered them. The student has empowered the guru uh, because they have, they have empowered themselves. They have empowered themselves to learn. They've empowered themselves to, 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 to be interacting with this person on a, you know, on a, on a regular basis in order to learn, in order to improve themselves, in order to, in order to learn spiritually. And, uh, and, and that's, um, that's the surrender. <laughs> the so surrender is to the process. The surrender isn't to a being. Mm -hmm. It isn't to another person. But it's to the role and the process. And, 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 and it's a surrender that, that is, uh, that never, that never seeds responsibility and power. That never gives that power away. It's a, it's a, it's a, a surrender that's done consciously, that's done, I mean, you know, not, and not just once, but consciously over and over and over again. I surrender to the idea that this is a teaching for me. And, uh, and, and that's the surrender. Not I surrender to you, you know, oh, oh, holy lama, who, you know, who, who I, I should become infantilized in relation to. N not that. Never that. Mm -hmm. Never that. That's disastrous. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that that's disastrous. Whether the other model can work or not, I think is, you know, is, is, is up to whether, is up to the maturity level of, of modern practitioners. And we'll just see if there's enough. <laughs> if there isn't, then, you know, kind of all bets are off because then nobody's going to learn much of anything from anybody uh, when it comes to the spiritual realm.
you know, at the, deep, at the deeper level. It'll just all be intellectual or, you know, you might as well just get it from a website. I think what you're saying is so powerful, this distinction between surrendering to a person, which seems to have a lot of those sort of, you know, infant, daddy, mummy uh, type of uh, potential mistakes within it, and this idea of surrendering to the process, to the, to the teacher principle and the teacher role. Um, and the opportunities that are are within that. Yeah, I'll put it. You know, I'll put it pretty succinctly and strongly. The guru, the guru is not a personality. The guru is a principle, and th- that principle can work through different personalities at different times in your life, or or it can work simultaneously through a variety of personalities, or it can work without a personality at all. It, you know, you can you you can see the guru principle at work in your life, and that ultimately is the end. I think evolution of guru yoga is to is to, you know, you practice with, with one person, especially one person at, at first. And uh, you try to see the guru principle, the, the activity, the, the, the process, uh, through the portal of that one, of that one person. But, uh, you know, then, then a, a, a sophisticated, more sophisticated understanding is to see that that process is, is, a, potential, is a potential through all beings, you know, through, through encounters with every, every person in life. And, uh, and then as a kind of an ultimate evolution to see your whole life, every event in it, every, every moment of consciousness, every idea that arises in your head is the teaching of the guru. <laughs> and, and that's, then, then you're really learning. See, then the process is, is moving at, at light speed. The process of getting you, you know, of getting you happy, of getting you, uh, you know, awakened is, uh, is moving very, very quickly when you, when you let the guru principle you know, kind of expand out from the confines of one body that you've, you know, that you have to start with probably, but, but to, but, but to, to, to allow it to, to spread out into, you know, different relationships that you have, uh, and, and ultimately all relationships that you have and ultimately every moment of life, every, every event, every, every activity of your, uh, of your life, uh, can be, can be the guru at work. Um, the idea, um, that ideal, um, seems very, you know, quite advanced to me. Um, so just peeling back a little bit to when you are working um, specifically with that, that initial um, person, uh, let's say, and things go wrong. You see them, um, you know, making mistakes that, you know, could be quite, you could consider quite horrendous. Um, and I know that you've addressed this, but I wanted to speak to it specifically. Can you yeah. talk about when, when there is an apparent misbehavior from a teacher um, that you are seeing? How, how do you work with, uh, uh, with Guru Yoga in those circumstances? Well, of course, those are, you know, that, that's when the rubber hits the road. That's the hardest, you know, that's the dip, most difficult kind of situation in, in a way when it comes to Guru Yoga. It's a lot easier when they're you know, when they're just appearing nice and friendly and, you know, cooperative and, you know, and, and, you know, sort of, uh, coloring within the lines. But, uh, you know, some of the most powerful and effective kinds of teachings occur when, when, when the guru seems to go off road. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it seems to mean that, 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 that is happening, you know, and you, and a responsible, Adult, grown-up, mature, uh, empowered student will say, "You've gone off-road. <laughs> you, you are coloring outside the lines. This is not correct." Uh, and and that's the teaching. The teaching is whether or not you you can have the gumption to recognize when another being, you know, to recognize and to and to um, point out to criticize. Even your own teacher, when, when they're doing things that you believe you have learned from them, is harmful. You know, there are all kinds of stories in the, in the ancient texts about this, of gurus, you know, who, like, test their students and say, you know, go, go steal from, you know, go rob a bank and bring me back the money. And all the, you know, three or four of the students go and one of them just sits there. And uh, the guru, you know, it's a test. And the, and the, and the student who sits there goes, you know, I, I can't believe you're, you're asking me to do something that I know I know from what you've taught me in the past is wrong, and uh, and you and, and of course that was you know then the other three come back and the guru like expels them because they didn't learn a damn thing, they just you know 
they just were they didn't take responsibility they didn't um, incorporate what they learned into their own being a teacher is teaching you how to think for yourself not how to become an automaton not how to become some slave and 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 in 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 these difficult situations where where the appearance of of uh you know of mistakes of of uh you know of error occur the teacher is teaching you to 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 notice that and to speak up about it even you know and and not to just sit there like like a sheep and that's not to honor your teacher it's not it's no way to honor your teacher to not think for yourself and to not make make evaluations about what's what's appropriate and what's not without judgment you see this this is a different thing it's impo- it, it's a crucial for us to make evaluations for us to make discernments about what's right and what's wrong what to give up and what to take up what's what's happiness producing and what's not happiness producing it's crucial that's the essence of wisdom and a teacher is teaching you how to how to make those decisions and if you're not making those decisions if you're not making those discernments you haven't learned anything from your teacher you failed your teacher even when those discernments are uh, are pointed towards the teacher and and the teacher's behavior but that's different from judgment and uh you know judgment is setting yourself up above the teacher you know or judgment about anybody is setting yourself up above them of you being you know, self-righteous and saying the other person's wrong, the other person's doing wrong, it, 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 hierarchizes, it hierarchizes things. It, it sets you up at, in, you know, a position above and beyond the person that you're criticizing and making judgments of. So I think, you know, I'm kind of trying to work this out in my own mind and in my own vocabulary because I think, you know, judgment has a lot of different connotations potentially. But I'm, I'm trying to reserve the, the use of the term judgment for this kind of hierarchizing relationship this kind of dividing relationship of saying i'm better than you are because you did x y or z and 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 instead say you know discernment and you know to 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 make a to, to make a to make an evaluation of this kind of thing that that's being done is not happiness producing it, and it wouldn't be happiness producing if i did it either you see it's equalizing in a sense it's saying like this isn't good for anyone to do X, Y, or Z. So it's a different kind of a vibe, I think, than this kind of this kind of self-righteous judgment that we see so often in spiritual communities. Oh my God, it's like endemic. Right. It, you know, maybe even worse than in, in 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 outside of the spiritual communities. Maybe that's why Jesus in the New Testament was so adamant about it: "Judge not, lest ye shall be judged." You know, cast no stones if you live in glass houses. Over and over again in the New Testament, we hear. Jesus ranting and railing about how bad judgment is, maybe because he was seeing it so often <laughs> among <laughs> among his sangha, <laughs> uh-huh. as, as we as we can see in our sanghas too, <laughs> even to this day, very 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 sort of visibly. <laughs> I I think one of the aspects of that as well, from from if I'm hearing you correctly, is that you're 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 making an evaluation on the behavior. But you're staying engaged with the teacher and you're holding the respect of the teachings. Yeah, correct. That's correct. That's correct. That's very different than our behavior with almost any other being, right? Like we usually use our judgments about the behavior to make a decision about the person. And well, you're saying yeah, that. and of course we're tempted to do that when the teacher misbehaves, you know, or apparently misbehaves. And, uh, and so we're training ourselves, you know, to, to, to not do that with the teacher in order to not do that with other people, too. I mean, it's, it's as inappropriate to make the leap from, you know, from behavior to being, to, you know, to behavior from behavior to intention or, you know, like that. It's as inappropriate to do that with, uh, with any being as it is to do that with the guru. Uh, you just don't know. You don't know who other people are. The Christians also say they have a nice saying like this, you know, uh, hate the sin, not the sinner. You don't know that they're a sinner in a way. Love the sinner. <laughs> hate the sin means, you know, be critical of behavior. If it's harmful to to others, if it's harmful to themselves or others, you should be critical of it. We should, of course, you stand up. You say like that's that that that's not uh, that's not that's not proper behavior. Uh, 
but then you, 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 you kind of like with a guru, especially you're training yourself to, to not, to not go beyond what you actually can know. You, you know, you can know, you can, you can make discernments uh, about what, what behavior to give up and what to take up, what's harmful and what's happiness producing. You can make discernments like that. But to go beyond that and say, and I know who that person is then. And I know who that kind of being is then. And they're a good person or they're a bad person or this kind of person, sinners or whatever. That's to go beyond what we actually can know. And uh, we do this, of course, all the time. But, um, but uh, you know, w- w- with the guru, you know, hopefully there's a little bit more re- reservation before we do that. There's a little more hesitation before we immediately say, oh, and, and the, guru, the guru himself or the guru herself is a bad person. You know, then you've lost your guru. Then you have no guru. See, if you, if you go to that next level and say, you know, what the guru did or what the guru said was wrong, and therefore they're a bad person, that means you don't have a guru anymore. But if you say what they did is wrong, what they did or said is wrong, and they're trying to teach me something, including... The, to have the gumption to say when the guru does something wrong or, or says something wrong, to say that that's wrong, then, then it's still a guru. Then they still have a guru because you're still learning. You see, you're still learning from them. <laughs> and you're learning from, uh, maybe in, the, in that case, some very, very important lessons about, you know, about courage, about courage of conviction, about, you know, uh, about having, having the, the, the gumption to actually stand up to, you know, to, to, to somebody and to say, you know, what you're doing is harmful. And that's a very important lesson to learn. <laughs> very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've been on both sides of the relationship. You're a teacher to many, many people uh, in different countries, and you have teachers of your own um, that you see and, and work with in this way that you're describing can you just, you know, you shared one story. Can you share any other stories about, about those two sides of the, of the relationship? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think it's very, uh, I've very, been very fortunate uh, to have been a teacher uh, as well as a student because, you know, being a teacher helps me be a better student. Uh, you know, having, having seen the kinds of, um, you know, having been on the other side and having seen the kinds of mistakes that students you know, make with you, uh, and try to, and try to, um, you know, kind of entice you to make with them. And, and, you know, I haven't been entirely successful in not getting enticed, you know, to, to, you know, to get involved in dramas and so forth, but I've tried very hard not to, and, and I've seen the dangers, obvious dangers of doing so. Then, uh, you know, less, in, less, um, um, less, uh, kind of, uh, susceptible to doing that as a student with, with my teachers, you know, having, having had the experience as a teacher of having students doing it towards me, then I'm less likely to do it towards, towards my teachers as a student. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the role of student and teacher are interdependent. And, and, uh, and you know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be a teacher if there weren't students. <laughs> and you're, you know, obviously not a student unless you have a teacher. <laughs> So they're interdependent roles, and and one can inform the other. One can one can help the other. I, I'm very very grateful to my students for teaching me so much, for teaching me so much. So who's the teacher? <laughs> who's the teacher? Who's the students? My my students are teaching me constantly, and uh, you know among other things, teaching me you know sort of lessons about <laughs> you know about pride. That one again. About pride and about like how not just to think of yourself as such a big shot. <laughs> and that's really important teaching to get. And you only get those from like students, you know, you could, if you didn't have students who are kind of like, you know, taking you down a notch and not listening to what you say and, you know, trying to embroil you in all kinds of problems and stuff like that, then, you know, you maybe could, could sustain that kind of egotism and pride a little bit longer. But uh, students tend to not let you do that so much. And that's good. That's really good. You learn a lot from students. <laughs> well, as, uh, as someone who considers themselves one of your students, I'm very grateful for all that you have taught me, Lama Marut. Um, any last words on this uh, incredible topic? It's such a short period of time we have together to talk about it, but is there any, you know, main thing you want people to take away? 
Um, I, I, I do. I, I feel very strongly about the importance of, of, of having a teacher. I feel, and I think that this is the, the, the danger is the danger of having the teacher-student relationship go wrong so many times is that we'll just throw out the whole concept of a teacher when it comes to the spiritual life and just say, well, we're all equal and, you know, and, and therefore we don't need to be, like, learning anything from anybody. We'll just download, uh, you know, MP3s or read books and stuff. And I don't think that that's the proper that, – that's going to the other extreme. The, the other the, – the, the ex, there are two extremes. There are the extremes that, you know, there's just no role for a spiritual teacher – and the the other extreme from that is the extreme of thinking, you know, that the spiritual teacher is somebody that he or she is not. And uh, we need to find the middle ground. We need to find the middle ground that um, that that protects the responsibility that every individual has, that that assumes and protects the responsibility that every individual has for his or her own spiritual development and his or her own relationship with the teacher. That is an individual responsibility, and to not give that up, to not disempower yourself, uh, that's a big mistake. But at the same time, to recognize that there are invaluable things that you can only learn by, by empowering a teacher to teach you, <laughs> by, 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 by creating that kind of a role for a person in your life. But to do that responsibly and without giving up your own you know, power. And uh, so that's the trick. And I think that we, you know, hopefully we've come to a point historically and culturally and individually where we can pull that kind of trick off. Uh, you know, I, I, we're not medieval peasants. We're not uh, monastic boys, five-year-old boys who are, you know, being taught by their father figures in a monastery situation. We're highly educated, highly individualized, individuated you know, we're, we're, we're encouraged to think for ourselves and, uh, we need to find, um, we need to find the model of guru yoga that's going to work for us. And, uh, ho hopefully what I've said in the last hour is at least the broad outlines of what a model like that would look like. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so powerful, uh, and so informative. Thank you very much, Lemon Root. Thank you for listening to Drishti Point. We dedicate our efforts to the health and happiness of our listeners and for the health and happiness of all living beings. <laughs>